0: everyone. I'm Jamie and we are just jumping into today's episode of the podcast. We are talking about possessions. I had a really hard time staying on task and coming up with like an outline to stay on task and topic and have this, you know, (laughs) flow smoothly because I found you know, so much stuff. And then I'd have more questions and I'd go over and try to find answers to that question and this question. And it was just, I was all over the place, but I did find some interesting stuff and that's what we're going to talk about today. We're just going to jump right into it. I'm going to tell you one of the most interesting things that I found right away was that There was a study in 1969 that had a sample of 488 societies. And this study was funded by the National Institute of Mental Health. They were trying to see how many of these 488 societies believed in spirit possessions. It resulted in 74% of of that sample in all parts of the world. That believe in spirit possessions. So that for me was uh, a, a huge number. And I thought, wow, that's kind of interesting. And there is actually many document, there's a lot of websites that, that refer to this study that happened and they break that, all of these societies down and get their beliefs and you know they've researched them and looked into them so if that is something that you're kind of curious like oh is you know this place in there you you can go look and you can see what their beliefs are. I thought about touching on all of those but there were so many of them I really I was like no no that'll yeah let's just stick with the other stuff here so in the U.S., I think it's safe to agree that I think that a majority of people here do believe in possessions. Uh, maybe not everyone. Well, I, obviously not everyone believes in them, but a lot of people do. And one of the things that I think I, I can say with certainty that when we think of possession, our mind goes to demonic. We, we instantly think demonic possession. We don't think spirit possession, whereas it could just be the spirit of a past, you know, loved one or different figure in our society at that time. We go to, you know, demonic possession. And that is what I actually noticed with a lot of the stuff that I found um, referring to possessions was about demonic possession. So I decided, okay, well, you know what? We'll we'll go on that for a little bit. We'll stick with that for a second. I did see something. I found something that was notice notable cases of claimed possessions, I, and these happened in many different areas, many different places. So it's not like it was just in the U.S. And the first one that they have listed is in 1978, or I'm sorry, not 1978, 1578. And the last one on that list happened in 2005. That one, I'm telling you, I had to look into it because I thought, oh, okay. Well, what, what is that? It was interesting. It was. It was very interesting. So it happened in Romania. There was a young nun named, and I am so sorry if I get this wrong. I even went online To see how they pronounce this. And I listened to the pronunciation of it. And I'm probably still going to mess it up. Um, But there was a young nun. Named uh, Maricica. Yeah. Maricica. Sorry. What did I tell you? Told you I was going to mess that up. But it was believed. She was like 23 years old. And. It was believed that she was possessed her brother believed that she was and many residents of this of the area that they lived in believed that she was possessed by a demonic entity some other people believed that she was actually mentally ill so it's kind of a split and it, it's definitely not a split down the middle of people who, oh, some thought this and some thought that. I think more did actually believe she was possessed versus believed that she had a mental illness. But I did, there was a lot about this and it was, it was a very interesting thing to read. There, she ended up being believed to be possessed and so... They're doing these, you know, exorcisms on her. And she eventually died. At first, her cause of death was listed as something completely different than now what the official cause on her death certificate is. And that is because after she had already been buried, they exhumed her body and did, you know, this different autopsy. And when I found out that she actually had an overdose of adrenaline that was given to her in the ambulance. So that has been now listed as her official cause of death. And after they uh, exhumed her and you know did all of that and found that out, the priest and four nuns that were involved with these exorcisms were sentenced to prison time. And their sentences were reduced after they found out that the, or the official cause was listed as the adrenaline overdose. The priest had been sentenced to seven years. The one nun was sentenced to six years. And then three other nuns were sentenced to five years in prison. It's, there was a lot actually listed about this. There was a lot of documentation that I found online about this this the exorcism of her and it's actually a very interesting you know story as to find you know as to hear how many people believed that she was possessed and why they believed she was possessed something i had read was that during mass you know, there, they would uh, she would start kind of giggling or laughing you know, inappropriately, or she would say something that was inappropriate during these things. It, there was just lots of little things that made people believe she was possessed. It was, they did a series of, you know, exorcisms on her. They tried to do quite a few of them. And at first, they said when she died that she had died because I, I believe it was dehydration, but I'm not 100% sure. And then something about there was like chain marks on her hands, and yeah. So they, they like chained her down, like restrained her. And I, I, the whole thing is, I mean, it's sad that she, you know, 20 some years old, and she's, and she died. It's very sad, especially if. She wasn't actually possessed and she did have a mental illness and people and she and it wasn't being treated. It, that to me is is a very, very sad way to have have died. And and it's just it is. It's it's very there it brought up a lot of questions for me about if she was mentally ill, you know. Some people believe that she had some kind of a, a mental illness, a mental health issue, and that, that's fine. Did anybody try to treat her for that before they started the exorcisms? That was something that I could not find. So that's what I mean about I would then start thinking of all of these other questions and get off track. They did... There's actually two movies... That are are based off of the events um, of the possession and the exorcism of this young nun. Uh, there's a 2012 movie called Beyond the Hills, and a 2017 movie called The Crucifixion. And I've never seen, you know, I haven't seen either one of them. Uh, I it was the first time I've ever heard of them, to be honest. So I, it just but it was interesting. It was kind of cool. Kind of cool to learn that they based these movies off of this. And, and of course, I did find one. <laughs> you guys, the 1940 case that is listed on the noticeable cases of claimed possessions. There was one in 1940 called the Roland Doe or the Robbie Manheim exorcism. And that, (laughs) that exorcism, the 1971 movie, The Exorcist, is based off of the events of this, of this one. Uh, It was a young boy. Um, And a lot of people actually do not believe that he was possessed. They think that he was, he had a mental health issue. um, Or that there was something else going on so what I found out from that one is in the late forties, you know, th- there was a series of exorcisms performed on him on, on this anonymous boy and anonymous in the sense of like, I, I don't know if anyone actually knows his name or not. If it's just been kept anonymous in records, I have, I have no idea, but he was 14 years old and he was... He, allegedly, he had been possessed by a demon. Um, and the way he was possessed was that he was playing a Ouija board with like either an aunt or a grandma. And that, that opened up a doorway and he became possessed by this demon. And the events of his, his exorcisms were recorded by... Uh, priest uh Raymond bishop and he he had attended these and he recorded all of these and there were people who said before these exorcisms took place, what made people believe he was he had a demonic entity take over his his body was that things would move on their own or fly off shelves and stuff and break uh that he would have these weird scratches or marks on his body he would uh, contort himself sometimes he would have like this very weird guttural low voice his behavior changed in the moment and then he would go back to normal so there were a lot of people after the fact I believe and that that was something I couldn't figure out was did they believe? that he was possessed beforehand or did that come after the exorcisms that they, they thought maybe he's mentally ill. Like was that before during or after that they thought that there was a mental health problem. And I couldn't find that anywhere either, but there were quite a few people that believed, Hey, this boy, I don't think is actually possessed. I think that he's got some, you know, he's a teenager, and he's changing his whole body. is changing hormones and, you know, emotions, everything. Maybe this is a, a health issue, a mental health issue versus a demonic possession. Now, okay, you guys, the house that this took place in is in... St. Louis, Missouri. And of course, what kind of episode would it be if it didn't bring up Ghost Adventures? Am I right? The Ghost Adventures guys, they did go to that house. They went to the Exorcist house and they did an investigation. So, I didn't think that they found amazingly compelling evidence there, but they did have a couple of things that made you think, okay. But of course, that could have been a spirit who was already in the house that was giving them this information and not actually a demon. So, I don't know. I'm on the fence about that one, that episode. But either way, the reason I'm on the fence about exorcisms too, by the way, is because of the simple fact that I have found some different information uh, about mental health and mental illness that ties in to possessions and it makes me wonder could the the case of Roland Doe could people be right that he did have a mental health issue and not a demonic possession and how are they they looked at and how is it actually like how do you determine somebody has a mental health issue versus demonic possession That question is a big one for me. And I actually did find some decent information about the link, you know, between mental health issues and demonic possessions. So, buckle up here because this is about... This blew my mind, okay? Although, understandably. So, I mean... When I read it, I went, okay, well, that makes sense. I could see why people would think that. So a long time ago, well, and I shouldn't say a long time ago, but at one point in time, Tourette's syndrome, and please don't take that as I think Tourette's syndrome is a mental health issue because I know it's not. Tourette's syndrome is a whole different thing. But Tourette's syndrome used to be mistaken as demonic possessions because of the involuntary tics, you know, the the sounds, the words, the noises, uh, spasms, all of that. Also, you know, people with Tourette syndrome may have had ADHD or OCD also, like, as well. And that ties in, you know, with the Tourettes, and people would mistake that as this person has been possessed because they can't control when they're shouting out obscenities or when they throw something involuntarily or when they have those ticks and their body spasms and moves in these weird ways and that makes sense to me when I read that I thought oh my gosh of course people would think that so how many of those how many claims of possession have there been in history and people actually had Tourette's syndrome. That, of course I couldn't find the answer to that, which kind of stinks, but it does make you wonder because that's it makes a lot of sense that people would think that this this syndrome that people would have could be, you know, why they would mistake it. For for a possession because usually with possession it's a spirit you know or an entity that is controlling your body so therefore they're going to control your voice your movements your, your the sounds you make your muscles they're going to control all of that if you are actually possessed so I thought that was a really interesting piece of, of information but of course I had to get Back on topic and back onto track and figure out the link between mental health issues and demonic possessions. And, you know, is it easy to have a mental health issue mistaken for a demonic possession? Obviously, it was very easy to mistake Tourette's Syndrome for that. But I did find something on mentalillnesspolicy.org. I thought that was kind of interesting that there were, there are six ways that they, that a therapist or a psychologist or a psychiatrist is going to look at somebody who claims to be possessed and they're going to determine whether or not this person might have a mental health issue or if they are actually possessed. And the first one was attraction to versus a aversion to religion. And I thought, okay, well, that's kind of a no-brainer. I mean, that that's a pretty simple, Under you know, the, I can understand how they would look at that. And what they look for is, like, demons want nothing to do with Christ, you know, with the religion. Nothing. And conversely, people with, you know, um, uh, people are often, you know religious so if they have this attraction you know to religion and maybe they've never been an overly religious person before but then they start becoming even more religious and they become you know very devoted to the the religious beliefs that you know they have or they have had or they Recently fa- have fallen into, the chances of them actually being possessed are slim to none because a demon is not going to have that devote, devotely, you know, devoted religious tie to it. So, but yeah, good. Moving on. I, I, I could get stuck on these for a long time, so I'm just gonna keep moving. Number two was. Irrational speech. Versus rational. Sorry. Rational speech. Demons. Like if you were actually possessed. If a person was actually possessed. A demon. Would actually have. Or a possessed person. Would have rational. Speech. It might be something completely off the wall and something that may be disgusting or offending, you know, uh, offensive to someone or offending language, you know, that kind of thing. It's still rational versus somebody with a mental health issue could have that irrational speech pattern where they could be talking about something, but it makes zero sense at all. There's literally no sense to be made of it. That is more of an irrational speech versus the rational. And so that's something that they look at. Another one, number three, was ordinary learning versus supernatural knowledge. And it's easy in ordinary learning, obviously, with somebody who had a mental health issue, they might not retain the information for long, but they would have the ability to learn something normally, or it would be something that could easily be found, that could easily be researched or looked into, um, and learned. Whereas if somebody was possessed, they're going to just have this supernatural knowledge. They're going to be able to, uh, one of the examples they used was correctly predict something. They're, they're going to be able to know things that people do not know. They're going to definitely have the answers to this. It, they didn't really give great examples for that one, but I, I, I think that I understand what they were getting at when they were saying that number four was normal versus um, occultic phenomenon. uh, Basically, this one was... (laughs) This one was hard for me to find examples for. They do have a nice little paragraph and everything underneath there, but basically what it meant was like, things that are kind of spooky or scary or unnatural or... Something like that usually... And not meaning like the behavior of the of the person. Uh, or the behavior when the person is around. Behavior of the environment and other things when the person is around. Usually means that there could be a demonic possession. Like maybe somebody was getting up to push... Go push in a chair. And the chair... Can fly across the room at the person and hit them in the face or something because the person who's possessed, the demon doesn't like that the other person or something. Basically, there could be that phenomena of things happening, noises being made, uh, the that paranormal aspect of like a spirit moving something. That, that was basically what I found with that one. Versus, if things are calm and normal. When the person is around, things like that aren't happening. Chances are they are suffering from a mental illness versus a demonic possession. And then five, the claim to be possessed. And this I did find interesting. Well, obviously, because I've always thought this myself, is that if a person was actually possessed, how would people really know? Like, how would they really know? Because wouldn't somebody... would If they were possessed by a demon or even a spirit, wouldn't they want to keep that quiet so that they're not cast out? Because they obviously wanted to enter this person and use them as a vessel for a reason. And that was something that I did find interesting because the claim to be possessed doesn't necessarily mean that you have a mental health issue. But what they, they tend to look for is that if a person claims to be possessed, the chances of them actually being possessed are not that great because demons want to keep it secret. They don't want people to know that they're there. They want to continue living in this person and using them for whatever it is that they're using them for. And then, of course, the effects of therapy was number six. So if therapy starts to work and you can notice a change in a person um, being treated in that way, it's more than likely not a demonic possession. Because therapy is not going to be what releases that demon. It's not going to be what casts it out. It's going to be prayer. The uh, prayer is you know is going to upset the demon it's going to make it mad it's going to to want it to it's going to want to get out of there and it's not it does not like it it does not want you to do that uh but that's how you obtain relief from a demonic possession through the prayer so that was something that i don't know i found that one interesting i thought that was kind of cool to to look into that and and I mean there was just there's something about that that uh, it's it's neat to know that there's six different ways that they look at a you know, that a psychiatrist is going to look at a person and be like, you know, I cannot pinpoint what is going on with this person. The you know, if therapy isn't working. This isn't working there. They're not saying they're possessed or something like that. And being able to say, this could be a possibility. So the fact that there are so many people that actually do believe that this, this could be a possibility, that there's something going on with them that they do not have control over. I found something else too, that I wanted to touch on because, well, I, I. Okay, so I, when I was looking into this and I was thinking, so what is it about people that a lot of people, when you hear about demonic possessions, instantly it goes to there's some kind of a mental illness with them. And you, you hear that a lot. There's a mental health issue. There's a mental health illness. And they're not actually possessed. They're dealing with this instead there was an article that I found that said, what if schizophrenia, you know, people who schizophrenics who have schizophrenics, what if they're not actually schizophrenics? What if they are actually possessed? And we have mistaken that as a mental health issue that these people, are not actually suffering from this illness, but they're possessed. (laughs) It it was interesting to read. And of course I did read a lot of the comments that came with it. And there were so many people who were very, very upset about it. Um, How dare you say that? Because not every schizophrenic is, you know, (laughs) possessed. And I understand why they were upset. It, if you read into the article, the title was somewhat misleading, but basically what I got from the article, because there was a couple of questions posed in it was, is it possible that instead of a person, you know, or is it possible that people with mental health issues like schizophrenia are more susceptible to being possessed Versus somebody who does not have a mental health issue. And are some of the cases of schizophrenia that have been diagnosed as that, mis- you know, mistakes? Is it actually a demonic possession? So basically, it was just kind of questioning. It wasn't saying that that was fact. It was just like, hey, could there be a link between the two? And I found that kind of interesting. Because what if that is the case? What if, you know... There's what is that link between somebody who is suffering from a mental health issue versus, you know, uh, uh, somebody who isn't and the chances of them being possessed, which leads me to something that I did find that I thought was kind of interesting because it somewhat touched on that a little bit. So as I was looking into that question and I was thinking to myself, you know, could there be a link between, you know, those two things, somebody, a mental health issue and a possession. And I came across this article that is on ColumbiaReports.com, and it is an article that in an interview with uh, Monsignor. I'm going to probably pronounce his name wrong and I do not mean any disrespect and I am so sorry for that. But it was Monsignor um Andres Tierdo. That's what I'm going to say. We'll just call him Monsignor. But uh he had a lot to say about demonic possessions and the people who become possessed and, um, a, a lot of the different things. And one of the things that he said, this is a direct quote from that article was those suffering depression have low self-esteem or are selfish could be, or I'm sorry, could more easily fall victim to evil spirits. If you are not strong inside it is possible an entity enters your body i just thought okay so that makes sense and then it also says in there that he says demonic possessions may be caused by depression you know so Because you're not strong inside. It's basically, that is literally his exact word. You're not strong inside. You're dealing with this issue. You could be an easier victim, you know, to one of these demons. And you could become possessed. Another quote of his from that same article was, there are spirits who take ownership of a place. And when somebody enters... A place they try to change homes to be inside the body of a human being. Okay. <laughs> and then he went on to say demon or I'm sorry, demonic possessions are more common than one would think. As in the majority of cases, the spirits do not manifest themselves because they want to be inside the body, and again, feel Eat and sleep, rather than risk an exorcism over suspicious behavior. So again, that kind of ties back into that uh, one of the ways that Jews to determine whether or not you know when somebody claims to be possessed. He basically spells it out right there. You know this entity doesn't want to risk being cast out of that body they're going to do their best not to raise awareness to their their presence in this person's body they 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 don't want to partake in these really horrible acts and these heinous things that you see a lot of the times or or the thing the scary you know things that happen in these movies and whatnot so now It was, I found it interesting too. I do want to read this. This was a quote from the article. Um, The religious authority who has appeared on national television multiple times surprisingly praised exorcism movies for what he perceived as their accuracy. (laughs) So, okay. Okay. But again, I think that he is talking about the exorcisms themselves, not about the suspicious, not about the behavior that leads up to somebody saying, okay, yep, they're possessed, and now let's do an exorcism. Because sometimes I believe that some of that behavior for the movies is really amplified and really hyped up. But the exorcism aspect of it, so this this Monsignor is saying, no, I think that these movies do an accurate depiction of that. They give you an accurate you know, understanding of how an exorcism works, so that that's that's great to hear. That that's what he believes, but it it was actually it was an easy article to read, and it was a nice article to read to learn um, some of his beliefs in this and some of his thoughts on a couple of these different things. And it just it really ties you back to the mental health issue of all of this that. Are people who suffer from a mental illness more likely to be possessed? And another thing that it did make me question... Because this is... I... His line... His exact words when he said... In a majority of cases, the spirits do not manifest themselves because they want to be inside the body and again, feel, eat, and sleep. Okay. If we are talking about demonic possession, has a demon ever lived to eat, feel, sleep? have, were they ever an actual spirit who did that? That's my question. Because maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I interpreted things wrong. I will admit I'm not an overly religious person. I have went to church. I went to Sunday school. I'm familiar with a lot of the stories in the Bible. I, I'm not against religion and anyone who wants to practice their religion, I think if you have your faith in that great i'm i'm happy that you have that i question a lot of things i'm just one of those people <laughs> but my understanding is that demons were never people demons were never humans so why would they want to manif- manif- like why would they want to take over this body possess this and control it and to eat and to sleep and to feel and to to do these things that they didn't actually do in the first place and then of course another question came into my mind was demons or the devil usually are associated, obviously, I shouldn't say usually, they are associated with hell there's heaven and there's hell in that scenario so a person who does not go to heaven and ends up going to hell who once was a human who once was this soul and this spirit do they then become demons if they go to hell i go on these crazy thoughts i'm telling you it's it just, I, weird questions come up when I, (laughs) I read these things and I think about these things, but I guess I've never learned that. I, I, I'm not familiar with that. So if anyone does have the answer to that, I mean, I would be really interested in it. I couldn't really find anything to answer that question, to be quite honest, but also, are we actually dealing in that same token? The other part of the question I had then is, are we actually dealing with a demonic possession at that point versus just a spirit possession? And why would a spirit, I mean, obviously, why would anyone, if you take possession of someone's body, why would you risk, like it says, man, you, you know, this suspicious behavior, you know, why, why would you risk it? You're gonna be exorcised right on out of there, you know, and and would an exorcism work on just a spirit, or does it actually have to be a demon? And like, would you have to have an exorcism on a normal, like somebody who used to be alive who is a spirit and decides to possess a living being? Do they? do you have to do an exorcism to get rid of them or can that person just be like you need to get out of my body like because that's the other thing that i i do question is a person who is truly possessed do they know they're possessed do they feel it do they understand this and do they have the control to kick that spirit out of their body with demonic possession i think that it's very clear that we've learned that even if that person were to know that they don't have the power to get them out of there, hence the reason exorcisms are performed because they have to be cast out. Somebody has to get rid of them because they won't leave otherwise. So let's say in the case of it's just a regular spirit, not a demonic entity, but a spirit has possessed somebody Would you still have to do like an exorcism type form thing? Would a person even know? I would assume that the spirit would exhibit signs of themselves, that they would do things or say things that maybe aren't this person that they've possessed, but yet their old self and that would raise questions for people to think what's going on with them that's not them they're not behaving like they normally do talking like they normally do it makes me wonder it really does I'm just kind of curious about it there's so many different questions you guys when I looked into this I, I became more curious because then again I had so many more questions raised up and maybe a lot of it is because I tend to overanalyze comments or words and things and I, I take them to a whole different avenue than really where they were intended to go I don't know but I do know that there's 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 a lot of information on possessions out there and of course again you know we I think a a majority of us, when we hear the word possession, we instantly go to demonic. We really do think that, but a lot of the things that I looked into and that I did read and that I did see is that they will talk about just spirit possession. And that doesn't necessarily mean that it's a demonic possession. So it's interesting that there, there are people who believe, oh, Yeah, in spirit possessions that, yeah, absolutely, you can be possessed by a spirit of another human being. And it's not necessarily demonic. But it's just, you're still going to have to, like, determine whether the person is or not. So how do they determine whether it's a, you know... Obviously, we know how they determine if it's a demonic possession versus a spirit possession. But it's still, it's interesting and... There's, and I think what is interesting about this topic too is that if you do actually have genuine questions about, you know, what would make a person do this or what would make a, you know, possession happen, why would a demon do this? If you have questions about it, there's so many people, you can call a church, you can, and maybe i'm wrong in saying this here and i'm sorry but i think if you were to call a catholic church and ask to speak with a priest you're gonna have better luck because they're usually the ones involved with exorcisms and that kind of you know in the prayers and that with blessing the house or blessing the person and getting that demon out of there you know they're usually the the exorcism religion and that sounds terrible the way I just said that. I don't mean it as an insult, but it, it kind of sounded like an insult, but it wasn't meant to be. But I do think that it's interesting because even if you call a church and you, you were to talk to that priest and ask them questions about it, even if they don't necessarily have that answers, be, the answers to those, those questions, because it's not something really that they're burst in or that they've studied a lot of, you know... If you explain to them, I'm just really curious about this and I want to learn more. Is there somebody that you know I could speak with? There's a chance they're going to be able to get you in touch with somebody who, who can answer those questions for you. So I just thought it was really interesting. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff online, though, you guys, if you don't want to call someone either. There is a lot of stuff online, you know, that maybe if you have a question that comes to your, comes to mind after listening to this, or you, that you can look it up and find some information on it. There's, like I said, I had so many articles. I'm pretty sure that the first night that I started looking into this, that I read, 16 17 different articles and um, studies and different websites about this stuff and a lot of the information is similar so I, I was able to weed out you know some of the 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 more interesting like you know gyms and those articles or stuff or you know you'd read the same thing over and over but it w- it was Nice to do that because then you knew that it wasn't something that one person claims. As one person claims a different thing, and then four other people claim completely four four different, completely different things. Other things. Oh my god, <laughs> I can I could not get that sentence out. <laughs> it's nice to know that there's such a uh, understanding and and basically a, a very well-established consensus of this is what it entails and this is what it means. And then it's nice to find those different articles and the different things like I did with the, the Monsignor article that offer you um, a little bit more of a perspective, you know, or a different angle to look at it from. And it does tie into that mental health aspect. And it, and it makes me wonder too, is Is that like accurate? It makes so much sense that somebody who might have something going on inside of their mind is a little bit of, and I hate to use the word weak because I don't think somebody with a mental health issue is weak, but it does take its toll on your body and on your mind. And if something bad really did want to take over a person, that would be an easy target because I could get into that person because they're not strong willed enough because they're going through something else. And again, that isn't meant as an insult. That's actually meant as I believe like as a, it's not an insult. I believe that somebody who does have a mental health issue is more uh able to be possessed and it's sad because they're they're going through so much already in their mind and they're trying to work through all of that and then they have the chance of something else happening to them on top of it and that's pretty scary when you think about it and I'm just babbling on of course go figure am I right (laughs) but I hope that you guys enjoyed today's episode. Um, if you have any questions or maybe you have an answer to something, one of the questions that I had or an opinion on it, go to anchor.fm slash bump the night with Jamie, J A Y M E and leave me a voice message. I would love to hear it. They're great. I, I love that. That's an option, you know, head over there, do that. But, i it's if you've if you're ever interested in a different topic too, or you have a story you want to share or something like that, leave me one of those messages you guys I'd love to hear it, but i I think that uh, like i said i I think we need to end the the episode there because i i mean I found out a lot of information I found some interesting stuff and it really does pose, like, it it brings up a lot more questions, obviously. Um, but it also answers a couple of them. And a lot of the stuff that you, you, so, but again, rambling off topic. So, thank you guys. Thanks for listening. I really do appreciate it. Make sure that you're sharing the podcast, get it out there. If you know somebody who would be interested in hearing it, um, Let's keep this growing. Let's keep, you know, these episodes coming. I think Wednesday will be the day that new episodes are released. I'm going to try to go to one a week now and I'm going to try to stick with that. There may be times where I might do more than one. I don't know. But for sure, Wednesdays will be the day that new podcasts are released. Next week, there may not be a new episode released with Thanksgiving happening. Uh, it's going to be a busy week. It's going to be kind of a crazy week for me. And it's going to be a crazy weekend here for me. This So next week, there may not be an episode, but I can promise you guys. We will get something put together and I'm already working on the next one because we're going to kind of touch back onto the psychic and medium episode that we already did. I have spoke with a wonderful woman who I absolutely love, who is a psychic medium, and she is willing to do an interview with me to answer some questions that I had just to kind of touch on that a little bit. So it might be a little bonus episode for you guys and... We're going to touch base and see what our schedules allow so we can call each other and get that talked about. So, something to look forward to, you guys. But again, thank you all so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Head over to that anchor.fm slash in the night with Jamie. Leave me that message. And until next time, have a good day. Oh, and happy haunting, right?